We've come to Shamrock Park in Portadown, the home of Portadown Football Club, for this week's Bet McLean Football Show. And this week we're in the company of Robbie McDade from Glen Torren and also the Portadown manager, Matthew Tipton. So we love having Matthew Tipton on the show and he's welcomed us here with open arms. In fact, he was here an hour before we start this. Tippy, thank you very much. Uh, it's great to be here and I'm just looking around a lot of this memorabilia from the glory days, which we're going to get on to talking about in a second. Robbie, great to see you. We've lots yeah. to talk about at the Glens, but we'll start with Northern Ireland. And i got to say, Biko, I was gutted after the game on Monday night. I was gutted as well, Pete, but proud at the same time. I've got to say, and all the time I've been watching Northern Ireland, I've never seen them go toe-to-toe with what I call a superpower. Normally it's backs to the wall stuff, but the way Michael O'Neill set his team up, it was aggressive, it was in your faces, pressing high, making chances. If Connor Washington has his shooting boots on, Northern Ireland could have been 2-0 up early doors. Unfortunately, Connor missed those opportunities, and when you miss those moments, you know the Germans are going to have their own, and they took their chances and won 2-0 on the, on the, on the night. But... Northern Ireland were brilliant. There were some sensational individual performances. Stuart Dallas, Paddy McNair, Corey Evans, the back four, all top drawer. Stephen Davis, class act, as we know. And it's really going to be very, very difficult now for Northern Ireland to qualify from the group. But hope springs eternal. You know me, Pete, the eternal optimist. (laughs) And um, hopefully we can do something against Holland. But really, I was... was Exhilarated. I think, I think it goes to show how far we've come uh, in terms of expectations. Years ago, it would have been 2-0, or oh, we got away lightly, do you know what I mean? Whereas now, it's like, we, we expected we expected yeah. something. And you have to pay Michael O'Neill tribute, because what he has done for this country in terms of football is extraordinary. And we're lucky to still have him. It's amazing that no big Premier League team um, has come and taken him from us. I know he's had offers in the past, he's stayed loyal. And hopefully he will. And you know, there's the backdoor route into Euro 2020, which I'm not really in favour of, but I'll take it oh, here, to listen. get Northern Ireland there. So Absolutely. M- more positives than negatives, Pete, came out of Windsor Park on Monday night for me. 100%. Talking of positives, it's all positive at the Oval. And the Glens probably have started off the season, probably in a position now that not even the fans would have expected to uh, to be at at this early stage. So just tell us a wee bit about your season personally and then being around a very much changed side. Yeah, it's, it's been brilliant. Uh, obviously, Megan Wendy have come in and you know new investments come into the club and you know it's really breathed a, a fresh air into, into the club. Um, the first three games of the season, we had obviously two draws and a defeat. And we probably were you know, thinking, oh, oh, here we go again. But thankfully now we've gone on a, on a run of five games, you know, winning every game. And... It's been super. Um, everybody's really bought into what you know Mick and Wendy have you know, presented us, and uh, we've took it in our stride, and, and hopefully it, it continues. And out of those wins, we look at the Ballymena result, which was huge away from home. We look at the Lauren result because we all expected Lauren to be right up there. Uh, we'll talk about that in a second. You know those wins in your own mind. How significant have they been? Yeah, it's massive. Um, the last two years I've been at the club, we've probably struggled to beat you know the top six teams. Um, we're getting draws and maybe. You know, one or two throughout the season, but you know you need to beat those top six teams consistently over the, the course of the season. Um, psychologically, I think the big one was the Balamina game. Uh, we'd come close against Glenavon with the draw, and then a game with Corian. So to get you know one over Balamina, who were right up there last season, 
um, it gave us a lot of confidence and then obviously we just take it game by game and obviously we went into the Lauren game and you know, that was probably our biggest test to date and um, you know we came through it with flying colours which was super. I've got to say um, Robbie talks about the Balamina game he was the match winner in the Balamina game he's, he's very modest here. Well, actually you know what you would think Wendy Miller was the match winner. <laughs> yeah yeah that's true that's true but what was the feeling like Robbie you score the last minute winner you're running towards the Glen Torn fans you could see the joy in your face. Yeah it was super I mean those are the moments you dream of as a striker um, in the first half, I was a bit frustrated because you know I wasn't getting really clear-cut chances. We hit the post a couple of times, and obviously they went one up. So we were thinking, oh, it's going to be a, you know a real tough, hard slog. And then once I got the first one, you know I, I thought there was only going to be one team that was going to win it. That final ten minutes, we just kicked on massively, and obviously the, the second one has just fell lovely for me. It's come off me, come off Jim Irvin, it's just fell for me. So I've just I've just whacked it. But my, my dad was sitting in the Balamina stand. I've gone to run over, and obviously there was a bit of stick going on during the game, and I had it quickly. Burn round and then go over to the Glen Torn fans. So no, it was it was it was brilliant and you know didn't didn't sleep much that night. It was the you know the uh, the adrenaline pumping through me. It was just the, unbelievable. The Glen Torn fans, they're really with you. You know they're coming out in their numbers and you can just sense the atmosphere around the place. Yeah, well, I mean, you know when money is injected into a club, um, you know it can't just be about players and staff. It has to be a community and you know the fans and everybody get on board. I've seen it whenever. I had just left Lincoln, the Cowley brothers come in and they really got the club as a whole, you know, and elevated it together. And I think that's massive and you know, this new era for the club is fans, the team, players, staff and the community all getting together and really pushing on. So you mentioned the players and there's an awful lot of new faces and new languages and the fact that there's been this fusion and, and, and uh, some great results and some great play. I mean, to watch Glen Torren play, it's night and day from last season and the season before. And that's come about very early. Are you surprised by how quickly a lot of the lads have settled in? Um, pr- probably, yeah. I mean, uh, whenever I come home, it took, it took me a couple of weeks to settle. You know, I'm, I'm from here and you know, I know the majority of the lads. So for the boys coming from abroad, they've settled in really quickly. And you know, that's testament to them and, and their professionalism. Um, I mean, Hervoy, to name one, has just really took it like a duck to water. We Alvio as well has come in and you know they've just really adapted quick really really quickly but um, I think we, we can't get carried away yet you know it's a long hard season still early days so I mean the proof will be in the pudding you know come March April May time. And it looks like you've got a, a master and a set piece specialist. Yeah he's got an absolute Mr Whippy hasn't he like he's he, he, he really enjoys getting on the ball and set pieces and you know it's it's you know it's another weapon. Um, I mean, Connor Pepper's got a launch on him from a, a, a throw in, and then obviously you've got Hervoy on set pieces, and you know, we're scoring goals from it consistently every week. So it's uh, it's another weapon in the arsenal. Right. So um, a win for the Glens fans on Saturday would be absolutely huge. Do you think, although you've been playing really well, and you know it's a, you know in a short space of time, do you think the Linfield game has come too soon in the season? Um, probably not. I mean, we've come off the run now. We're five games on the win. Um, and obviously, Linfield have you know have only played a couple of games in the league so far, and they should, by all accounts they scraped through on, on Saturday against Cliftonville. So it's it's probably a good time. Um, you know, they're just coming off the back of a you know a European campaign where they might have a bit of a hangover. So hopefully, um, on Saturday we can we can get the result, and I think it would be massive for for us as, as a group of players, but. For the fans as well, that's that's the one they look for every season, and you know to get the three points would be would be super. Playing under Mick McDermott, how are you finding it? 
Yeah, it's you know it's intense. Uh, he's he's excellent. You know he's really really professional, and you can see that he's you know he's been away and he's he's had experiences abroad and, and full time football. He's you know he's come in with his own ideas and you know he's he's been super with all of us. Um, obviously we're training more often now as well, and he's really kind of made the the group very very close knit. And I suppose that comes with seeing each other more often during the week. But no, he's been he's been excellent. Um, Obviously, himself, he'll say that you know the squad needed booster at the at the start of the season, and he's done that. And you know, credit to him, he's gone abroad and he's brought players in, and you know the gamble's paid off so far. Can I ask you about um, a young player from here, Paul O'Neill? Um, you went across the water, Robbie. Um, uh, you know what it takes. Is he someone who's got that ability and mindset to do the same? I think so. Uh, Paul reminds me a lot of myself whenever I was a kid as well. You know, he's, he's strong, he's, he's mobile and he's got an A for goal. Um, his attitude is excellent. I mean, he looks after himself. You can see him in the changing room. He's, you know, he's, he's really lean and he puts a great shift in all the time. And I just hope, you know, Paul does get his chance. But I mean, with the way the league's going at the minute, you know, players now don't necessarily have to go to England or Wales or Scotland or wherever it is, you know, to get that full-time football, it's going to be here. They can sit here and develop, like the likes of Gavin White and Mark Sykes, you know, and just play games consistently. I mean, for Paul to go across the water now with maybe only 20, 30 games, if he sat and waited, you know, and played 100, 150 games, you know, you're going across as, you know, a man, a finished product as such. Two things. Number one, yourself, what's your personal goals for, for this season? Have you got a tally? No, just just better from last season. I think the main thing for me is just improvement year on year. Um, if you set yourselves targets, you know, I like to keep them to myself, you know, I don't like to put too much pressure on myself, but, you know, obviously I'd like to kick on more than I did last year, so that would be the main goal for me this year. And at this early stage, you know, are you just going with the top six finish, or do you think that the squad, I know you're laughing, Bico, do you think the squad can can realistically challenge? Um, possibly, yeah, I mean, obviously Lauren have been tipped for good things, and I'm sure Balamina have been tipped for good things as well, and obviously we've gone out and we've got six points for those two games, so... I mean, it's still very, very early. I think uh, you know January. If we, if we really want to, you know, compete, I think January would be massive. We're probably just short of maybe one or two to really, you know, force that you know top four, top three spot. But I think top six is, is definitely a priority and, and well within our you know our, our grasp this year. Tippy, you've played at the Oval in your time. Um, what do you make of what's going on there at the moment? Well, it's new, isn't it? And it's it's good. Um, as Robbie said, investment brings many things apart from just funds to buy players. It's brought renewed hope for the fans. You know, I'm living in Cumber, which is pretty much, you know, just outside East Belfast and see a lot of Glentaran fans and a lot of lapsed fans who now are going back and it was good for me last week watching the game on Sky, um, the Institute game. And it looked like a big crowd, had it? Because generally Monday night it was wet, it was miserable, it's on TV, easy to sit at home, but you know, what Mick's done and, and the investors have done has brought hope back to the people. Um, the Glen Torrum fans and, and the players are going out and delivering they have to win because you can have as much hope in the world and all this and the other see if you don't get a result on a Saturday that goes out the window and the players are going out and delivering uh, performances and results and it, you know I'm not I'm not one of these people that say it's good to see you know a good, the league needs a good Glen Torrum or a, or a big port down or whatever else like that because at the end of the day I want to look after my own club but the, the better the teams in the league the better the product it, it makes everybody Improve. I'm looking around the walls here, and there's just there's so much memorabilia of, of the glory days at Portadown. And you mentioned people talk about the league needs a good Glen Torn, and you want to play down a big Portadown being back in the league. But there's no doubt Portadown back in the top flight would be amazing for the league. 
I would hope so. You know, um, from a selfish point of view, that's where I need the club to be and, and the club wants to be. And if other teams and other supporters, you know, believe that we'll add to that, then, you know, that's a bonus for us. But, you know, if I was outside of looking in, I would certainly think Port Down, you know, deserve to be there. But you only get in football what you put in. Um, so you're second in the, in, the, in the table in championships at, the, at this moment in time. Are you pleased the likes of Lauren are no longer there? Because obviously that was a hard graft against those boys last season. Um, ideally I want to be in the Premier League so you know and I want to be playing against Lyon Linfield and, and the Glens on a weekly basis so it's difficult to say am I pleased are they not in the league because that would be disrespectful to 11 other teams that are in it now um, but I certainly think it'll help us <laughs> that they're not there um, I thought we should have done better overall last year um, I've, I've said that said that last season I've said it now um, but you know we have to look forward, and, and I'm pleased with the group of players we've got on the start we've made. And in terms of the atmosphere within the squad, do you think your players believe that this will be the season to pour it down and get back up? We're only seven games in. I don't know. The truth be told, I expect the squad to believe that um, because that's the way that I am. I expect to win every week and I expect the team to be challenging um, for promotion. You know, it could be looked upon as arrogance if the players expect that we're going to go up and stuff like that. And I don't want people to think that. But we, they have to have this level of commitment to, to drive us on and get there. And I look at the squad in the dressing room and I think they're a good bunch of lads. So I don't think they're getting too carried away after seven games. Pete, I think the Championship is fascinating this season. Last season, Larne were always going to run away with it. This time around, it's, it's a lot tighter. You've got Portadown, Ards. Ballam Allard, Newry, you look at Loch Gaul, what they're doing at the moment, fantastic start to the season. Dundella, there's um, hard games all over the shop and it's very unpredictable. What I'd love to know from you, Tippy, is um, for me, Portadown are a top flight team and now you've been here a wee while. Do you feel you're under pressure to deliver the goods because the Portadown fans obviously expect and demand their team to be playing, as you said, against the likes of Linfield, Larne every week, as opposed to with respect, Lockall, Dundella, etc. Pressure's like a strange thing, isn't it? A friend of mine once told me pressure's for tyres and blow-up dolls. But I don't know. Um... I've heard about the tyres, but like, we'll, so, leave, we'll leave that, leave that, that for another in, show um... yet to be broadcast. <laughs> the thing is, I put pressure on myself or expectation on myself. I didn't come to this football club to be a championship level team or a championship level manager. So that's on my shoulders anyway. Um, I've just now got to make sure that I pass that on to the players and not so much the, the pressure or the expectation. The fact is why we need to, what we need to do, why we need to be up and promoted and so far so good this season but we're not even you know a fifth of the way through so we've just got to keep doing what we're doing you know I think last year was strange season as you said Lam were there and then I realised very quickly about October or November that I needed to start maybe looking towards this season whether we went up through the playoffs or whatever or obviously if we managed to catch Lam but to start introducing the young fellas into the team and getting them the experience so they would be ready one way or another this year and we can already see the benefit of that um, so far. And then I, obviously, we struggled with a goalkeeper. We had to bring Declan Don on loan, which I'm not a great fan of the loan system in this country because you're basically developing a player for another arrival. You know, in England, you can work on it. If Man United loan a player to Macclesfield, well, that's fine because they're not, mm-hmm. you know, that's a complete different scenario whereby if I take somebody from the Glens, I'm developing somebody that potentially is only a few places above me in the table. 
So I don't agree with that. We've brought Bobby Edwards in from America, um, who's been massive <laughs> in more ways than once. Obviously, being six foot six, it helps, but he's been super. Um, Paddy McNally and Paul Finnegan, obviously from Lan. And I make no bones about it, they had a brilliant defensive record. And then when they became available, why not take the mm-hmm. defenders that done so well? And we built from the back this year. We've conceded three goals in seven games with five clean sheets in that. Um, and I still love my all-out attacking football. But you don't win leagues you know, by winning 3-2 or 2-2 or whatever. So we've made sure we're solid at the back and we've, we, we still know we've enough firepower up there. And you have your son, George Tipton, playing pretty yeah. regular. What's the dynamic there whenever you've got a father-son in the dressing room? Because as, as you know, it's all about winning. And who do you think it's more difficult for, your son or for you? Well, I don't know. Um, I know how difficult it is for me. Um, if he was called George Jones, I'd say he probably would have played six months ago. And I've been well established but you know the reserve managers tell me you've got to pick him he, he was stand out week in week out and the rest of the coaching staff are telling me but because he was my son I was maybe holding him back because I didn't want people to think I'm only picking him because of that so when you hear that how proud are you often? oh obviously because he's still my son he'll always be my son you know whether I manage to report down or not um, and I am proud that he's doing well but I, right in the nicest possible way I don't really care um, whilst I'm manager of the football team, I need to win. So I only pick the team to win a game. I don't, you know, I honestly don't pick a team because of Stephen Beacom or Pete Snodden or, or George Tipton. I pick who, what we think is going to get us the best Pico result. And I are definitely not making you two are struggling. You two are probably more struggling than me. <laughs> so in terms of then, and it came in, he came in, he got himself really well conditioned over the summer. He came in pre season and it got to a stage where it was embarrassing that I wasn't picking him because of the performances he was putting in during the preseason games and coming off the bench. And yeah, we we I had to put him in then. You know, I had to kind of bite the bullet and say, look, regardless if he's my son or not, I'm picking him because of what he's doing in terms of reserve games and training. And he, and he's holding his own now in the team. And I think he's I think he's set up seven goals or something so far. He's a little bit opposite of his father, he, he passes to other people. He does. <laughs> he doesn't just stand in the penalty area. Well, well for, for you personally, I know how passionate you are about the game and I know how passionate you are about getting Porter down back up mm. into the top flight and uh, you know we wish you every success with that this season. I know you, you watch the local game um, and, and you know exactly what's going on in the top flight. I mean, how excited are you by the, the league structure currently, what Limfield did in European uh, football, the likes of what's going on at the Glens and with Lauren and all of that. I mean, being a stalwart of the Irish League, is this the best football now we're seeing in Irish League history? Well, I can't say history because it's not for 10 years I've been here and I've known it for probably 15 or 16 years, obviously, since David came home. Um, it, this is the, certainly the best product I've seen since I've been here by a mile and it, it makes me more hungry to get promoted. You know, I won't lie, I I get very jealous when I watch and I'm looking at the fixtures and I do. That's just natural. You know, and if anybody that's playing in the championship or any level of football that they don't want to aspire to be at the top of it, they're in the wrong game. And I look at it now and I want a big part of it and I see the Glens, they're going full-time and Linfield will certainly go full-time sooner rather than later. Crusaders and Lan, and and I want us to be part of that. I want us to go down that route. And it might not be in the same way because obviously these guys have a little bit more money behind them. We might have to do it through the younger fellas to start with and do an education programme and build it up um, that way. But we will certainly be looking down that route over the time. And it, I love it. 
I do. I love it. I think, look, you guys are doing this, and we see it, Sky are there, and BBC of there, different things, and it's getting more and more publicity. And Robbie touched on it there. The young fellas don't need to leave now at 16. You can play at 16, 17, 18, 19. I keep telling our guys, the young fellas that are in, so we had three 15-year-olds, four, five, six 15-year-olds playing last night in the Middlestar Cup. How quickly can you guys get to 50 first team appearances? Because I think then when you get into 50, you just, you're fairly established. If you can get to there by the time you're 18, and if clubs from England come knocking, and then you're going between 50 and 100, you're going over there as a first team player, not as another academy product. Because see, between 16 and 18, 16 and 19 in England, it doesn't really matter. They've probably 10 or 15 at each, you know what I mean, each year coming in, and they've got, if you make it, you make it, I make it. It doesn't really matter because they can scatter gun it. If they bring you in and pay a little bit of money and you've played that amount of games, you're going in as a player for them rather than just a number. Um, and that's, people obviously are going to say, obviously I'm going to say that because I want the best players playing for Portadown. But that would be my advice to any young fella. Look, if Manchester United or Manchester City come, I think you're on a different parallel. I'm talking about boys that are maybe moving here to go to a League One team. All right. We always love your predictions. I'm looking forward to them coming up. 90 seconds with this week. 90 seconds with. We have got a guy from Warren Point. He's injured at the moment, but a brilliant lad, Francis McCaffrey. Take a look at this. This week we have Francis McCaffrey from Warren Point, and this is 90 seconds with. Thanks for doing this, Francis. No Good problem, to see you. No, no problem. Best player played with? I'd say it would be Robert Corrin. Toughest opponent? Steve McAlone. Favourite ground? Favourite ground. Here, Windsor. Worst ground? Carrick. Best dancer at your club? Um, Mark Griffin. Worst dancer? Danny Wallace. Best fashion sense? Me. Worst fashion sense? Danny Wallace. Best trainer? Danny Wallace. Worst trainer? Kieran O'Connor. Best football moment? Win the Irish Cup. Worst football moment? Getting beat in the semi-final of the Irish Cup against Ballamollers last season. Team you support? Celtic. Football hero? Henrik Larsson. Favourite sports star outside of football? Conor McGregor. Favourite TV show? Entourage. Favourite movie? Don't have one. Favourite video game? FIFA. Favourite singer or group? Celine Dion. Favourite drink? Water. Favourite holiday destination? Um, Magaloo, I don't know, Abifa. Person you'd most like to meet? Stephen Bickham. <laughs> Good man, I can't believe you said water. This is the Bet McLean Football Show from Cool FM into this week's predictions. And, and Robbie, I want to start with you. Obviously, the Glens had a big win um, over Institute in recent weeks. Are you surprised by what has gone on there? I know they've had a lot of managerial issues and different bits and bobs, and it's going to be a real uphill struggle for them now. Yeah, it's going to be difficult for them, sorry. Um, obviously, losing their manager so close to the start of the season was you know, a real kick in the teeth for them. Um, as well, I spoke to a couple of their lads after the game, the R night, and... And I asked them, I said, how are you coping with, you know, some of your best players getting poached? And I said, it must be really frustrating. And they were, you know, the, the likes of Warren Jarvis and, you know, Doherty has gone to Cliftonville there. You know, they've gone in there playing games at Cliftonville and Corian, you know, every week now. So it shows you the quality of player that they've lost. So it is, it's unfortunate for them. But, um, I mean, 
the only thing with Institute is, you know, people don't really like going down to Derry. You know, it's a long oil trip for teams. So, I mean, if they can turn, you know, the Brandywell into a real fortress for them, they give themselves a chance. But, you know, it is, it is going to be difficult for them. That's going to be a hard one for them on Saturday. Uh, Lauren will obviously be looking for a bit of redemption from last week. They make the trip um, up to Derry. Um, how do you see the game going? I think Lauren will be too much for them. Um, obviously, with the 3G pitch as well, Lauren are used to playing on that every week. So, I, I do fancy Lauren to win and, and win pretty comfortably. So, I'd say 3 0 Lauren. All right, okay. You mentioned the 3G pitch. The playing grass against Lauren, was that to your advantage last weekend? Um, I don't know because really both teams like to get the ball down and play. I mean, you know, there was a wee bit of water on the pitch and you know, it was nice, it was, you know, it was quick. The pitch is looking great, by the way. At this early stage, I don't know what the middle of November is going to hold like, but well, that's the thing. I mean, they're always nice the first couple of weeks, and I think Tippy, you touched on it there as well. You know, the whole infrastructure of the league is getting so much better. I mean, stadiums, pitches, you know, structures of clubs. I think it's you know, it's all going in the right direction, and obviously the pitches have been you know a major problem over the years. I mean, I remember playing out here in Boxing Day one time, and I don't think there was a blade of grass on the pitch like so. <laughs> it's nice to be playing with a bit of grass for a change, but um, but no, I do. I think you know, I think Lauren will go down there, and you know, it'll not phase them playing on that pitch, but it'll be uh, it'll be tough for Institute now. Pico, got a score for us. Lauren will win. Uh, I just don't see any other result, to be honest. Although I will say this about Lauren. They've yet to beat a top six team this season, Pete. Um, uh, which will be warning signs there for Tiernan Lynch because he'll want to get that monkey off his back. Obviously, Institute aren't a top six side. They're nowhere near it uh, with respect to Institute. Um, it's funny, I was at the Glentour and Lauren match and something that I really enjoyed was the midfield battle between Mark Randall and John Heron. Wasn't that one for the connoisseur, Robert? Yeah, definitely. You've got two boys who are, you know, out and out footballers, technically really, really good and it was a great battle and you know, thankfully John came out the uh, the better side of it. Um but no, it was it was great to watch and it was great to be a part of because, you know, you've got two boys who are like a fine wine. They're, you know, technically really, really good and it was it was a joy to watch at, at stages. Yeah, and um I think Randall will um, be a joy to watch up at the Brandywell. And I can see the likes of Marty Donnelly, Davy McDade, Johnny McMurray um, uh, going crazy. A lot of goals. I think I'm looking at maybe 4-1 to, to Lauren. Tippy? Think, I think Lauren will win, yeah, certainly. It'll shoot them on the 3-G, 3-0. 3-0, OK. Warren uh, Point played Carrick at the weekend, and it's, it's, a, it's a pretty much a six-point game, let's face it. You know a lot about Warren Point. Um, yeah. And they're, I mean, it's been a disastrous start to the season. Can they get anything out of this game? Well, I haven't seen this season, so truth be told, I don't know. What I will know is Carrick will make it difficult and they'll try and stop Warren Point playing because Stevie's going to keep going. He's still going to try and play out from the back and obviously knowing Carrick, because we had four battles with him last year in the Championship, we were trying to play out from the back and we found it really difficult um, against them because of the way that they set up to play. I think Warren Point need a win. Truth be told, you know, last year they went six games without a win and and they got it, but I, I think there was better signs for them this year I don't know, 21 goals conceded? Yeah, oh, they're, they're leaking goals. Well, like for a game, anything. you know, when it, regardless of how good a football you want to play, if you concede four goals a game, you know, that has to stop quickly. Um, and Steve will know that, you know what I mean? He doesn't need me to tell. He's been the manager now for 18 months. He'll know that himself. Um, but being at home against Carrick, I'm certain he'll have targeted that, you know, as managers. We look at the fixtures and you go in maybe a draw there because you have to be realistic going away at Balamina then I'm certain that he's targeted this game as a victory and, and I think it's uh, more than needed for them Give us a score prediction 2-2 Pico? 
I think Warren Point will nick it. I do, and I think it will come down to home advantage. Tippy's right, they need a result because um, the longer this run goes on, um, the worse the players are going to feel. And Steve McDonald's not going to be too happy either. He was encouraged by the Balamina um, uh, game, although they got hammered in that as well. By all accounts, they played better football. They were very unlucky to get hammered. And I think um, uh, that would suggest to me that maybe a little bit of confidence is coming back into the side. Carrick, um, uh, tough to play at their home patch, but I think away from home they'll struggle. That's why I'm going to go for Warren Point to win 2-1. I think you could be looking at Alno Sullivan maybe to be a key player or Lorcan Ford, who I think is a clever signing. They've got him on, on and loan to the January. You know Lorcan very well, Tippy. Yeah, yeah. He's quality, isn't he? Great player. Um, I thought he was one that could have gone over the water there and, and he's obviously went to Linfield and it's not worked out for him um, for whatever reason. Uh, maybe going back home, if you like, to Warren Point will suit him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's just, I suppose, finding now a position for him amongst the squad because I think playing, I would play him up front with Alan O'Sullivan and let him just roam free mm-hmm. and then try and get solid behind that. But that's easy for me to say because I don't know the rest of the, the squad. Um, but Alan O'Sullivan's a massive player for them and he could be key where they finish. Yeah. 2-1 to one point. You want Robbie, do you think? I actually uh, one fancy one point as well, Stephen. Um, I mean, last season, you know, they played some really, really good football and they got some great results. I mean, I haven't seen Carrick now, obviously with them being in the Championship last year. So um, I can only comment on really what I've seen from Warren Point. Um, and last season, you know, they got the ball down, they play the right way and, you know, they get at teams and they try and score goals. I think it's just a case of maybe not you know, clicking early on in the season, but I'm sure you know somewhere down the line it'll it'll, it'll come back to where it was at a, at a stage last season. So I actually fancy Warren Point, and I'll go two 0 Warren Point. Uh, Crusaders undefeated against Glenavon, um, who have not had the start to the season any of us expected. How do you see it going, Biko? Well, it'll be interesting to see what tactics Gary Hamilton adopts because they have had a poor start to the season. There's no two ways about that. Um, I think it's going to be difficult at Seaview. Crusaders, are, they've got this mindset now to stay as far ahead of Linfield as possible before these Linfield can p- play their games in hand because then that intensifies the pressure. And when Crusaders have got the right mindset, I think they're the hardest team to beat in the league. I think um, Philip Larry has started the season really well for them. I look at Jordan Forsyth, who's one of the most underrated players in the league. And I think Paul Heatley is just sensational. And Glenavon will have been pleased to have played in that Caramel Wafer Tonics Cup, whatever it was called, and get away from their league form. And they got a win in that. But I think going to Crusaders will be um, too much for them. I'm going to go for the Crews to win 3-1. Have you been surprised, Robbie, by Glenavon's start? Yeah, I mean, the last couple of years, you know, they've, they've come out of the blocks quickly um, and scoring goals for fun. Um, I mean, this year, obviously, it's, it's kind of been a different trajectory for them. Um, as you say, I think that, that cup game last week has, you know, done them a world of good. You know, get away, score a couple of goals, you know, forget about the league for a week and then, obviously, come back to it. And then, you know, it doesn't come much tougher than you know, Crusaders at Seaview. So, I mean, it, it has been a difficult start for Gary and, you know, the team down there and, 
you know, that could be, you know, down to windy, you know, coming to the glens and, you know, just a wee bit of upheaval, but I'm sure, I'm sure Gary will, will get things right. I mean, you know, he's, he's worshipped down there and the job he's done has been superb. So I'm sure, you know, success for Glenavon will just be around the corner again. Can I get something out of the game though on Saturday? I mean, it's going to be really, really difficult. As you say, I think Crusaders have that mentality of just, just get through games where it's ugly or pretty, just win the game at all costs. And I mean, they were on fire again last night in the cup. So I think it's going to be difficult, especially up at Seaview. So I fancy Crusaders by two goals, two goals to nil. I've got to ask Robbie, just when it's in my head, um, you played here whenever you were a kid. Tell us about what happened. You were playing for Glenavon. I was, yeah. Um, it was my first taste of the Mid-Ulster Derby. I think we were 4-1 down and Gary called me over and he says, Rob, he says, just go on, make yourself busy. So, you know, young lad full of beans were run on. First six minutes on the pitch, I've stuck the boot in my skelly. Straight off, red card, 16. Boxing day, rain lash, and I was walking down the tunnel and I remember thinking to myself, what have I just done? Next thing you know, I've got a can of coke in the side of head by a port of down fan. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, like, but uh, it's all part of growing up and it's something I look back on, very, very fond memories. Brilliant. Uh, Tippy, do you think Glen Alvin can get anything out of the game? No, short answer. Um, I think they've had a tough start, but I fancy Gary to turn it round. I know Robbie said they've had a good start, but if you think back to when Gary first took the job, they started slow every year and then came on strong towards the second half of the season. And I'm sure Gary's hopeful of that now. Every time I look at the team sheet, it seems to be chopping and changing too much. They don't seem to, nobody seems to be settled. Certainly, the strike partnerships. There's no, you don't know who's going to play up front. Stephen Murray's not really been playing. Obviously, Matthew Ferguson came in. And then is away already to, to the Welders. Andy Mitchell hasn't really found form just yet. Conor McCluskey's been in. John Jenkins has been starting. I just think they need that. And to go to Crusaders, you need... It's your most important partnership. The, the forwards, because you need to stop them getting the ball forward as much as you can. Um, I just think last week might have helped them going away. And see going away as a, as a group and as a team, it gives you something. I just I look at Crusaders now and they're, they're a machine again, aren't they? Mm-hmm. They've gone and, and they've had the you know the disappointment of last year, and they just look like they're kind of fully focused of going. They seem to be in a better routine than what they were last year in terms of training. Everybody seems to know what they're doing. Jamie McGonagall's a brilliant signing because he'll take a lot of pressure off Jordan Owens. Because you think how many people have they brought in to do Jordan's role when he's not fit? Mm-hmm. Over, since I've been here, you know, um, Gary McCutcheon, Davy Rainey, Mark McAllister. Timmy Adamson. He's impossible to replace it him. Is, you else. can't replace him. But in Jamie, they've got somebody that's different but similar. And McGonagall. So you can play off him. McGonagall scored a hatful in the County Antrim Shield. So that's going to. And he scored his debut on Saturday yeah. against Institute. So how many goals are going to be on Saturday? 3 um, 1 to Crusaders. Okay. I mentioned earlier, has the Blues game come too early for you guys? You're obviously excited about it. We're not going to ask you for a score, um, but you think you can get something out of the game. Yeah, I mean, you have to. Um, we're going in off the back of great form, um, and we know we'll take you know, a lot of glam men there on Saturday, and you know, it's a game I'm really, really looking forward to. I mean, the crowd last week against Lauren was superb, mm-hmm. like super. I mean, it's probably you know, the most I've seen coming through the gates again. I think we were on about you know, delaying the game by 15 minutes because there were still people queuing right before 3 o'clock, so it's, it's super to see. I just hope now that you know on Saturday we can go out and get the result and you know give those you know hard paying fans you know the result they want and you know, that's the one they they just dream and wish for every season. Tabby, how do you see it going? I think it'd be a real good game. It's a game I wish that I could go and watch. 
Um, it was a game I enjoyed playing in, obviously as a Linfield player. And when now, because the Glens have done well, there's going to be a big crowd, isn't there? You know, and what will happen is because the Glens are going to bring a big crowd, the Blues will come out where you know maybe they've been a bit blase over the last year. So we're going to win anyway. But what happens is they know oh, they're bringing a big crowd and they're doing well. It'll attract the big Linfield crowd and. It's not often that I wish I was still playing, but when you see games like that, you think, oh, I wouldn't mind playing in there. And look, you can say what you want, and Glens are going well. Linfield is still the best team in the country. They were a hair's breath from qualifying for the Europa League proper, you know. So let's not forget that. Um, and I, I'm not forgetting that. And I think, you know, Robbie may be sitting there, but I still think Linfield will win the game. And I think it'll be a tight, tight game. I think it might be 1 0 to Linfield. All right, Pico. It's probably. Glen Torn's best chance at doing something at Windsor Park for a few years. I'm really excited by what Glen Torn have achieved so far this season. But as Robbie says, they've got to be there thereabouts come March time. But there's a feel-good factor at the football club. And it's brilliant to see because the fans have had to put up with so much rubbish over the past decade. It's untrue. Linfield, different animal to any of the sides they've faced so far. Um, David Healy, for me not just a, a quality manager and obviously Northern Ireland's record goal scorer, but one ruthless individual. So um, he will want to get on top at Lantourne early and he will want to batter them. That's Healy. I know him. He's, that's his style. And um, uh, he'll have been working on set pieces all week to um, try to undermine Lantourne's defence. Will they do that? That's going to be up to, to Robbie and the boys. I think Lantourne will score. I think um, up front they've got certainly enough to worry Linfield's defence. And I'll also say this. You see if Glen Torn go ahead, it doesn't matter. And you'll have seen this, Tippy. You see if the Glens can go ahead, Robbie scores one early doors. It doesn't matter about what Linfield have done in Europe. Those fans will be shouting down at Healy. They'll be shouting down at the players because this game, it still matters the most to, to Linfield fans and the Glen Torn fans. The atmosphere is going to be absolutely incredible at, before kick-off. Both Teams are gonna think, whoa, we're in a real Come on, Bico, you're building this We're in a here. real match. We're in a real match score? here, and the scoreline is gonna be two two. I think Glentorn can wow. get something out of okay. it. <laughs> Obviously Linfield are favourites, Pete. But you know what? Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if Glentorn got a result at Linfield for the Irish League. Uh, two fixtures left in the Danske Bank Premiership to discuss and Balamina at home to Cool Rain, Derby match. Uh, three wins, one draw and one loss uh, for Balamina. They're not out of the picture in terms of challenging this season. Benny stretched the imagination. Yeah, they haven't played as many t- as many games. But Corian are going great guns. They really are. And listen, if the Linfield-Lantourne match wasn't on, this would be the game of the day. That derby means a heck of a lot to the people as well in that part of the world. Um, David Jeffrey, um I think Balamina have kind of gone under the radar, as has Jeffrey. The only time that he's really been in the headlines big style was with that rookie, had a year manager, Mick McDermott. And... And David's got a lot of pride, he's got a lot of ego and I have a funny feeling that um, he'll have his players primed and ready to go against Coleraine. It's going to be a tough match obviously because Owen Kearney is working wonders down there. I have a hunch Balamina will beat them, I do and um, it wouldn't surprise me if Kaffir Freel is the match winner. 2-1 Balamina. 2-1. 3-2 to Balamina for me. Probably. I fancy Coleraine, 2-0. Oh, okay. Interesting. Final game of the weekend, Dungannon against Cliftonville. Um, they're equal on points in the table. And, uh, I mean, they started, the Dungannon have started off great guns. Started off great guns, but um, they've slipped back recently, Pete. And um, uh, Chris Lindsay's going to have to be careful that 
it doesn't become four or five defeats on the bounce. I have to say, though, I think Cliftonville will beat them. Cliftonville were disappointed not to get anything against Linfield on Saturday. I know Paddy McLaughlin was fuming that they lost a goal from the set piece. So I don't think they'll lose any from corners or free kicks this time around. And I think they'll win 2-1. Um, I'm looking at Gormley. It'll be interesting to see if he plays him straight through the middle. A few fans were upset that um, he was out wide against the Blues. Um, no one Joe Gormley will probably score. Matthew? Yeah, I think Dungannon had a good start. I know Chris Lindsay and obviously Chris Wright was here with us before moving to be Chris's assistant. And I know them two results there will have hurt them. And they'll be on the training ground working to make sure that back four... It's easy said because you're coming up against probably the best strike force in the country in terms of Joe and, and Rory and Conor McMenamin and all of them that they can throw forward at and it'll be difficult. But I fancy Dungannon to get a goal. Daniel Hughes is back from injury. He's got a hat-trick last night in the middle of the cup. And I think they've enough to trouble Cliftonville going forward, but I don't think they've enough to stop them. Um, 3-2 again. Would you ever play Joe Gormley anywhere other than centre-forward? No. Always centre-forward? The guy scores 40 plus goals a season. They just let him do what he wants. <laughs> Fair enough. Put him on the pitch and tell everybody else to pass. That was what I always wanted my managers to do with yeah. me. And I didn't get too many of them. You uh, didn't score 40 goals a season like Joe certainly, I certainly didn't, no. But um, that's... No, it, Rory Donnelly prefers to come in off the left. I, you know, I'm surprised with the dynamic. But look, Paddy obviously knows what he's doing and maybe there was a method in what he wanted to do there. But I certainly think that going forward, Rory will be down... Uh, Joe will be down the middle and, and if they do need to play the three it would be Rory coming off the left for me because if you remember before he moved that was where he had all his joy mm-hmm. Stephen Douglas still has nightmares over that <laughs> um, that evening Final prediction this week what do you think? I think it'll be a draw I mean Stagmore is a difficult place to go um, obviously Cliftonville's coming off a result against Linfield the other night and obviously as you say Dungannon have had a couple of bad results and Chris will be eager to, you know, to get another win on there so um I fancy Dungannon to get a draw, get a point at least. It's you know it's a small, tight pitch down there, and you know that'll not suit Cliftonville. They like to you know play with width at front three, like to stay away and get out the fullbacks. Like so, I fancy a, a one-all draw. One-all draw, okay. And Teppy, you boys are at home to Queens this yes. weekend, and whenever we look at the championship, we immediately think of, of the likes of Ballon Mallard, and we we look at Ards and all of that. I mean, what sort of a, a, you know a team are our Queens? They're a good team, went and watched them. We played Friday night against Dads last week, so it enabled us to go to watch um, Dundella, who we played last Saturday in Queens, and, and we thought two good teams. You know, certainly think Dundella have been the best team we've played, um, but Queens give them a real good game, and they're organised. And they have a squad of players that seem to have been with them for three or four years, you know, whilst they went down and they've stayed, and, and they like to play free-form football, so I think it'll be a... Well, I know it'll be a tough game. Um, hopefully... They got thumped last night, 5-0 off ads. Haven't checked the team yet. We had a scout at it. I hope that continues on to Saturday, obviously. Um, but generally what happens if somebody gets beat 5-0? It doesn't happen two games in a row. So we'll, we'll approach it as we've approached all the rest of the games and try and be tight at the back and, and leave the front players, um, you know, go and do what they've been doing and maybe nick a goal from a set piece again. I'm calling it, Pete. Portadown are going up. I've believed it from the start of the season and I believe it sitting here on, looking at all these pictures of these great teams. Tippy under pressure, he's going to deliver. <laughs> uh, Robbie, great to see you. Good luck at the weekend. Matthew, always good to see you. We'll see you later in the season. Good luck for, uh, for Saturday. Bigo, uh, we'll do it again next week. Thank you very much for watching um, and we'll see you same time next week.